Hey, 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 beautiful people. It's me. I'm just Jocelyn. And I'm back on the Growing Through It podcast for episode two. Um, So just to recap a little bit of what the first episode was about, it was uh, the title was Growing Through Distraction. And we talked about so many different things. We covered so many different topics. Um, But I hope that you all did your homework and that was at least listening to a podcast uh, by a black person or reading a book by a a black person, you know, a black author Um, and also journaling and and figuring out how to set up your days, you know, um, what you want to do, what you're going to do and what you have to do. Um, So, Full transparency, I did not journal every day, but um, I definitely mapped out my days way clearer, and I'm excited that, you know, I'm starting to feel more relief and just more focus in each day, and uh, just like having an action plan really did keep my week uh, going pretty smoothly, so, you know, knock on wood, it was all right. Uh, and I had the Miss Lovely Aaliyah. Did I say your name right? Miss Lovely Leah. Oh, my gosh. Miss Lovely Leah. She's going to get it right one day. One of these, and that's sad. Because, I mean, because your name is Leah. But I get you. Whatever. Anyway, um, I had Miss Lovely Leah on my podcast last week. And she's back again because she's the greatest. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, this episode is a bit more personal. Um, so we're actually going to title this episode Growing, uh, Growing Through Growing Up Black. <laughs> and that's technically for, you know, me, obviously, personally. Uh, Joy and I, we are African-American women. That's how we identify um, as far as our community goes. And uh, I think we have such cool, like, and amazing roots that we're still actually learning about to this day. To this day. I said this last time, but for <laughs> real. But, you know, like, legitimately, you know, like, I think that it's, it's a blessing to have, you know, people that are older in your, in your family where you can talk to about like how was I when I grew up and was I like did I have like a peculiar thing that I used to do um and even just learning about where we came from you know like if you're blessed to know to have met your great-grandparents your first of all your grandparents one um and to have a relationship with your parents at all to then learn about your grandparents and then have a relationship with them and then your great-grandparents and so on and so forth um, I think it's really important that we learn about our family and our roots and about our, our even our parents. If you if you do have a guardian or whichever that raised you, learning about how they were raised, how they were brought up. I think it it really does reflect on who you are. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm I'm so excited happy that we were able to spend most of our summers in South Carolina, this really tiny town called Cross, South Carolina, really like right outside Moss Corner, <laughs> um, South Carolina, which I'm sure some of you might know where Charlemagne was raised. Uh, Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God. The God. Mm-hmm. 
from the Breakfast Club, <laughs> and it's it's cool because you're like, wow, that's where he grew up, and he became this huge radio personality, and and you know now he's not I wouldn't say a household name, but a lot of people know him in, in, in spaces that you might not even think, right? So. I'm uh, excited to have this conversation because I think we all should homework, uh, ask your guardian or just someone that was close to you that's, you know, you could, would consider as your elder. So that could be your parent, a parent, your parents, um, a grandparent, great grandparent, whoever, auntie, uncles, anyone that's older than you that, that you know, was around when you grew up. Uh, just to kind of get more information around how you were as a child. Were you already showing certain personality traits that you still possess today? Um, That like, you know, where they're like, oh, it's not a surprise that you're doing this now. Like you always wanted to be a doctor and look at you're a doctor now, you know, like whatever the case. Um, I think it's important to even learn about our family. Ask about like, you know, did did you know your grandparents and how was your life growing up? And I, I do plan on having my mother on the podcast soon because she had a completely different life growing up than I did. And it deals with segregation. Um, and I, I love her story. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And I'm, I'm so happy and, and blessed to, to know my mom, you know, to know her and her age now and to be at my age where I can understand and ask her questions and to even have that relationship to be able to do that. Um, because I know that that's a privilege, you know what I mean? But yes, I wanted to talk about growing up black for me. So when I grew up, I spent most of my summers in across South Carolina, but you know, I grew up in, in North New Jersey and South Orange, you know, that area, a lot of my friends are going to be like, Girl, you was you grew up in South Orange, South Plain. But I'm like, no, I mean, it was it was definitely a, a balance of the two. Yeah, it was. And <laughs> I and I love that balance because it I learned I learned manners. I learned a lot. And I'm not saying that mom didn't teach us manners, but you know, it was really enforced. Different, it's yeah. it's a different kind of yes sir, yes ma'am as it is, you know, as opposed to up north. You know, up north I feel like I'm not saying that people like kids up north weren't brought up on manners as they were, but like you don't hear yes sir, yes ma'am to the magnitude that you hear it in the south. Like we used to get in trouble. I remember we used to get in trouble if we said if we didn't say yes ma'am or yes sir or, after. Yeah. yeah. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, it was like a curse word. It really is. <laughs> it really it's is. crazy. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, so I would always have like either like a little bit of an accent coming back um, after the long summers and all my friends are like, are you going down south again? I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I was excited to go, though. You know, we were like anticipating going because we had so many cousins and it was just so much fun. But uh, I noticed that a lot of people didn't have that dynamic. I when growing up because you're just used to it's your life. You're thinking everybody goes down you know everybody goes to visit family everybody goes away for the summer and that wasn't the case so you know speaking speaking out on like my experiences it's pretty cool and interesting to see that the differences within my own friend groups so like how would you describe growing up for you joy like growing up in exactly how she described it how Jocelyn described it um it was 
every summer going to this small town, coming from the big city, quote unquote, going <laughs> to a small town in the South, spending uh, so much time with our, our cousins and our grandparents uh, and our aunts and uncles. I mean, we just, we all just had time. And, you know, um, Jocelyn and I were just talking about this. And I think, Jocelyn, you did mention this in the last episode. Mm-hmm. We were just so enriched with love. Like, our family is just so full of love. Yep. Like, to know a hill <laughs> in South Carolina, it's just like, you know you're going to be loved on some wa- somehow, some way. So, it's like, it started with my grandmother. My grandmother was like the epitome of love. My granddad, too. And it's just, it. For so for me, I look forward to it. You know, I look forward to going down south every summer. Um, up until, like, maybe... You remember when we turned like 16, 17, when we, we started. Were teenagers. You know, we were, we thought we yeah. were grown. You know, yeah. mom, I don't want to go down this time. I want to stay home with my friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, like, we found our way back. We found our, we oh, always yeah. found our way back. Right. And now I love going there. I love going to my roots and just, you know, just even going out. Like, every time I um, go, um, to that area I'm just outside just breathing in the fresh air mm-hmm. and just you know just also t- going down memory lane yeah <laughs> it's just it's fun and it's I really enjoyed my upbringing um as Jocelyn said not too many people were privileged to have the same experiences we did you know mm-hmm. growing up with all of our family together and one under one roof kind of right. just for just a couple of days even you know especially during Christmas a lot of Christmases was always lit yeah. But, um, oh my gosh. but yeah, not everybody experienced that, but I, I just feel grateful that I was able to because it molded um, me who it molded me to the person I am now. Yeah. So absolutely. I think that uh, like going back to what I said in the first episode of like unity, like we it's strength again in numbers and it's strength in family, like but like positive mindset family like not like toxic traits because let's be real sometimes family can be toxic and you know it's it's up to us as individuals to learn discernment Mm -hmm. and to learn when like you know just as there's bad apples out in the world there's sometimes bad apples within the family and that just stems from you know like either trauma or like just not healing from certain things yeah and I believe I'm a firm believer in generational trauma. I think that that's passed down, and and there's within like the richness and the love of growing up, you know, in the South, or just having that balance of like you know growing up in the South and in the North, um, America, <laughs> um, in North America. But um, as a black kid, it's a little different, I'm sure, um, for for everybody. Especially when you have that, you know, that option to be able to to go down and meet your and and be meet your family in the south and be around them and and start to build relationships and friendships with your cousins and your family, and you know you always meet the aunt and uncle or cousin that you never knew it even existed, but they like oh I remember when you was just yay hi and I'm just like how I don't know you but I never hey. saw you a day in my life. <laughs> But that's interesting, too, of just, like, how we could have met so many people and had no idea who they were because they weren't, like, a constant person in our lives. But I just love that we have that experience, that shared experience. All my cousins, we could sit down and talk all together and just, like, 
flood, like we'll flood each other with different memories, mm-hmm. like that will just like start coming back that are just beautiful. But you know, it'll be remiss of me to start talking about the wonderful times and like not acknowledge like what that ground was like, you know, back in the day and how segregated it was in the South and how racist to another level it was in the South. And just even the culture that, you know, the ground that we walked on and the trees that we looked at, like, you know, um, we went crabbing one time. I remember my uncle Lucas took me, took us crabbing and like, it was like, I don't think I was there for that one. You probably didn't go for that one. I think I think Jay was there though. Mm-hmm. I think it was me, Jay, and AJ maybe. Um, these are our cousins. <laughs> these are our cousins, right? And and we went to um, kind of go crabbing, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw like these beautiful trees, but a lot of them had um, well, one of them mainly had a had markings on them, like scratches, like almost like bruises, and those were. Like ridges, like ripped, like you know, bruises from ropes because they used to hang people from those trees, and it's just like, wow. oh my gosh! Like going back in the history. I mean, even in Charleston, Charleston alone. Yeah. Like let's, you know, we know the the freaking slave the trade. Slave trades. <laughs> you know, like and mm-hmm. we went. Um, one of my, one of I forgot which. What birthday was that? I think it was my uh, third. Wasn't that thirty? Was it my 30th or 30? No, it was either my 30th or 20. No, it was my 30th. It had to have been my 30th where um, I ended up going to uh, the Gullah Island. And um, where like basically they speak. Well, okay. So this is, I did my research. And (laughs) so Geechee is what a lot of people you might hear um, speak in like, you know, in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, but it's actually not true. What we really spoke was Gullah. And people from Atlanta, they were known as Geechee people because they were closer to the water. So, um, you know, as we all know, the slave trade, we, a lot of people, a lot of black people were dispersed from the islands. And they spoke different languages because, you know, they were, you know, they spoke their own uh, native tongue. And, and they spoke their own language. And when, you know, the slave trade happened and they all, you know, got thrown onto the same land, they had to figure out how to to speak to each other. First of all, we're so brilliant to be able to figure out a language so that we can all just find a way to communicate, communicate with one exactly. another. Exactly. And I feel like, and not to cut you off, like no. we, we as people straight away from that like we need to come back to that i know i'm saying that everybody does because you can literally go to charleston now and hear you know the dialect and hear the the mm-hmm. the tongue of the name well, of the tongue, language right and and understand yeah. too like i know i do right because my, most of my friends are from charleston but um but yeah um i mean it's just it was just amazing that we had that that ability to do so mm-hmm. and it's it's god-given i think it's really, it's, I think it's a spiritual thing that we're able to do so. And just, like I said, it's just a different way to communicate with each other. But this is pretty much like that area, the Charleston, the, the Georgetowns, the, I think it's um, Hilton Head and mm-hmm. um, Walterboro, South Carolina. Like yep. all that area is just, has a lot of history there. A lot of history. Yep. So basically, um, you know, Gullah and Geechee, what we, we know today 
uh, it was it was basically an effort for the slaves to communicate, like I said. And uh, it's it's been said that the language actually developed from it was basically like Creole based. It was a Creole based language that was combined with English and then a variety of African words from like different countries and different islands. And if you got you know you have a lot of Caribbean people, so like even when um, you know, you might a Nigerian might or like a, a um, somebody from Trinidad or even Guyanese, they might hear somebody speaking in Charleston, Geechee or, or Gullah, um, it, well, either in Geechee in Atlanta or Gullah in Charleston, and then they might think that they're from the islands, and in a sense they are. That's their that's their roots, but they're you know they could have been born and raised in Charleston. They're just descendants of of these slaves mm-hmm. that created this language in order to to uh, keep secrets from their slave masters, yeah. you know, and to communicate amongst themselves, you know, without, like, their slave owners knowing what their conversations were about, you know, and, and also providing them opportunity to give, like, coded information or directions to each other in secret to, to, to freedom, yeah. you know, to find their way out of slavery. Like, how amazing is that? You know, like... We, this is like history that, history, this is our history, like this is our history that we don't even, like a lot of us don't even know. We don't even know. And it's funny that you say that because as, how many years have we been going to Charleston and we never kind of really got a history lesson. Uh, Now my grandmother used to tell us stories and stuff, but it would be more like the Bible, but like, Mm -hmm. We wanted to know about like our people, like yeah. you know where where did we originate from? Like, let's see the scrolls. <laughs> Call yeah. the scrolls. Like, we need to go to like ancestry dot com and like really look up our family like history and and whatnot. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. And I think again, once again, we're getting back to that. You're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of people wanting to know where they came from, the origin. You know, we're you know we're in a world now where we kind of we're kind of forced to be going backwards to that because let's face it just these things that's just going on now it's 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 history repeating itself right right so i think that it's important that we learn our origins Mm -hmm. and and even like having conversations like these maybe it can spark everyone else in their own families to kind of kind of trace back like Hey, cuz, do you remember when we used to do this? Like, did you know that this land was sacred land? Or, like, you know, like in, oh, did, you know, Pop Pop or whatever you guys you call your family members or your elders, like, getting those stories is so important. It's so important. It's so important. Like, you know, I wish that I had have even asked more questions and yeah. sat down well, to we listen. Were younger. We gotta give ourselves grace. We were right. so young. Like, yeah. if we had our mind now, like, I would I would always say like you know the the question about um if you could have a sit down and have a conversation with a dead person mm. who would it be and it'd be like listen my ancestors right because I want to know some information yeah so yeah I think that's important too you know like to really sit back sit down and and be interested in who you are because I think that stems the problem in our communities why there's so much disconnect there's so much discourse because. Right. We we forgotten or we're just not even aware of who we and just are. And think about it, like you know, back in the day, we it was like the struggle kind of made us closer together. And it's yeah. kind of sad if you think about it. Like we shouldn't have to struggle through slavery or whatever to, for us to come together. It should just be a natural thing. And mm-hmm. uh, 
innate thing in us. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I'm not saying like everybody's not. <laughs> I'm not saying like not everybody's not down or like not everybody's for the cause. Like sometimes these things can be heavy, you yeah. know, like like with with bringing back memories and 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 uncovering the and unveiling the the past sometimes there comes things yeah Yeah. there's things that's painful back there and you know we we don't want to revisit them because it's too much it's too heavy to hold it's you know you might not have the emotional capacity at the time yeah I just story like uh, I I was talking to a friend who started doing um ancestry and and that she ancestry.com. Was doing, yeah, Ancestry.com and learning more stuff about our family. And then she she had another family member that was still living that kind of remembered. But she was like, when she went to ask the family, it was like a secret because it was trauma. Yeah. And it was like, I don't want to expose the information, you know, um, because that could bring, it could bring up old wounds. Mm-hmm. It also could be like, well... Put things in perspective, like maybe Uncle Ray Ray, not your uncle. That's really your daddy or something. You know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> oh just my like gosh, yes. things like that, or you you just don't know, mm-hmm. you know. So a lot of times, this secret is kept because you know you want to be labeled, and you know you want the, your family bloodline to be labeled as like we we the best, right? Or, you, know, you know, we you want to be spoken in a good light, right? Right. You know, the, and but like that was We're such a people of pride, right? We are such a people of pride, but sometimes pride can get in the way yeah. of our progress. Absolutely, and and that's where I I kind of I worry a bit about about us, and also just us not going back and and kind of recounting these wonderful memories, and not and not making new ones, you know, like and, and also not kind of talking about these things. Um, like to our family on a regular basis, you know, like I think it's really again, I can't stress enough how imperative I think it is to be connected to family when the family again is not toxic. Yeah. Um, but in there does lie like the fact that why is there toxicity is probably because they haven't healed from something. We have to move away from this whole ideology of oh, like you know. Get, talk, getting a therapist and talking to someone that's a professional is, you know, like, oh, that means that you're crazy. That means you're kooky. Yeah, like, it's taboo. Even, right. It's taboo. And it's just like, I understand that it's, it was hard to, to trust people, especially back in the day mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, psychologists or people that were supposed to be quote unquote doctors because they would misdiagnose us. They, there would be outlandish diagnoses of like who we are as a people that we were unable to learn that we were like you know our blood was not pure it wasn't healthy was bad like you know like it was so many negative things associated with being black Mm -hmm. that I think that a lot of a a lot of like you know our ancestors and even soon like maybe even our parents decided to I want to say like hate but like kind of like try to shy away from that almost like trying to re rewrite like who we are yeah but instead of, of like rewriting, you know, like instead of like you just kind of telling us, no, we're powerful, strong people, we just started to conform, you know. So like when growing up, OK, so growing up black, when did you when did you realize that like your blackness kind of in society could be a problem? So it is funny that you answered or asked that question 
is because you know how mom was. Yeah. We never really got like the talk about us just being black women in society. Mm-hmm. Mom, her her thought process process and her parents and style was you can you know you remember the saying you can be anything you put your mind to you know which is still true it's very true great words right and that's probably why I am the way I am now like just reaching for the stars and all that <laughs> but um <laughs> as you should girl. right right as I should you know but um but yeah um I didn't really get a taste of it until I started after college because I went from an all black kind of like middle school high mm-hmm. school and yep, college really right. Yep. Yeah. My yeah, like you all walks of life, right? All my all shout out to HBCU, girl. shout out to South Carolina State University, yeah. well, right? But yeah, um, I kind of grew up around just my people, really, and I really didn't get a taste of it until I started. And still, until I started like my first career, I was working at a bank, and this is around uh, 2008. You know, around that uh, that crisis that happened, the crash, the mm-hmm. market, and all that stuff. But um. Yeah, I was working at a bank, and I remember me and one of my white counterparts, who was actually a really good friend of mine, still is, but um, went out for a, a, a job, and he got it over to me. Mm-hmm. And I definitely worked just as hard as him, oh, sure. and he still got it over. And so I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, me just happy, go-lucky go girl. Like, oh, I got this job. I killed it. Meanwhile, they give it to him. And I'm like, really? Why? And I'm not saying I was so naive to the point where I just didn't know why, but I was really angry. Mm -hmm. And, like, I didn't, like, I I knew the reason why, but my reaction to anger was just, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Because I, I, like, I remember I went in my manager's office, and I'm like, this is not fair. I worked just as hard as him. And I remember my manager, who was also white at the time, couldn't give me an explanation why. Hmm. And I kind of was just like, what happened? And just like, you know, you just weren't the candidate for this position. They thought that this person was better. Nothing to it. And they didn't have and any clear... I started crying in the office. And I'm like... So my, my reaction was really kind of dramatic because I haven't had that conversation. Yeah. Had I had the conversation earlier, it would have been like, Aaliyah, girl, you know why you didn't get that job. You're better off. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you... I'm not going to say even if I, if I, okay, I will say this. If I knew my chances were slim to none, I would have never applied for the job. Yeah. But mommy taught us yeah. don't do that. Right. So I kind of get, like, I, I'm glad that she taught me that. But I'm also, like, I still was kind of at a disadvantage because of my reaction to it. Yeah. And how effed up I was over it, you yeah. know? So, <clears throat> Yeah. That, you know, and story of, that's the story of a lot of women, especially black women's lives, or just women of color, you know, Dominican, Afro-Latina, whatever, you know, like a lot of women face that, um, you know, where they might have a counterpart that just may so happen to be a white, you know, man or woman or however that, you know, you identify, they're just a white counterpart that might not be as qualified, might not be well-equipped. And you just check every box and then some because that's what we that's how we're taught to just be above and beyond to just be better Mm -hmm. to be the greatest to strive for that almost like freaking perfection even though perfection is not real but like we still strive for it and and every time not to cut you off now that you say that like I remember because I was like I'm older than him I also have a college degree he didn't have a college degree he just had a high school diploma. (laughs) 
And, you know, the position was for one of the qualifications. Well, one was, I don't think it was a qualification, but it, 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 they said it looked better if you right. had a yeah. bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got this. Yeah, like like the preferred, like, basic right. qualifications. Right. You had that and more. Had and it. then some. And still didn't get it. So I'm like, oh, okay. So that was your very first that was, And I would say that was, like I said, 2008. I was around 20, 22, 23. So that was when you had that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was earlier. It was actually um, in Mar- at, when I was at in high school, and we were at the train station, and there was this old white woman there, and like I honestly, I never really took the train, so like I never really knew like that life. I always either got picked up or like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, dropped off or whatever. She wasn't about that life. <laughs> Girl, you wasn't about that life either. What you talking about? Anyway, so I always thought it was cool when my friends took the train home. So I would like to, if I could, like if there wasn't basketball or anything, yeah, like if that's the season didn't start, I would like walk over with them to the train station because the train station at the time was like literally down the hill from our um, from the school, like right across the street. So there was a woman over there and like we were all like kind of dispersed like talking or whatever and then um there was this older white woman woman and i was honestly looking at the map to try to like understand it because like i'm like okay so then like after this stop this is where they stop and then like it goes here and this is where the train like um like route just like continue like just like ends Mm -hmm. and like so I was just trying to understand, like, okay, where, how do they know where to take the train and which stop to get off and all that stuff. So I'm reading the map. Yeah, like, you don't know, no, I don't know, like, how the routes are, but I'm trying to understand them. So this old white woman is over there. Um, and then she goes, oh, you can read? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> she said that to me. And I was just like, woman. Listen, I got a whole ass uniform on. Like, I don't look like I'm from, you know, who shot you. Like, I don't look like no, like, bum or anything on the street. And no, you know, like, no offense. Like, I don't look like I'm not well put together. Like, I'm not an educated. (laughs) Shut up. You know, I'm not trying to say. Anyway, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, you know, I didn't look like I was no, you know, girl that couldn't read right you know what i mean like and like what does that even look at like like like, where are you from lady get somebody go get this woman save this woman from herself because why are you out here wandering like like i should have like you got your man's like you like how you out here by yourself asking a, a black girl if she can read or not Child, you know, you outnumbered out here in the Right, side. right, exactly. Don't, don't catch <laughs> The boldness. No, I'm kidding. But, like, but that was my first, like, why the heck would she ever ask me? Yeah. Me that. And then and she so. She was serious. She was dead ass, Joy. Oh. Dead ass serious. And I was like, okay, wow. Interesting. <laughs> and, like, I've been profiled before. There was once, and this is, like, further on, like, um, further along in life. Um, I'm working now, corporate America. I would say I was around 24, 24, 25. And I'm, I'm rushing to work because I'm a little late. CP time. time. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, honestly, I think I don't know what happened. I think it was traffic on the um, on my route to work because it took me about thirty minutes to get to work anyway, like without traffic. So God forbid there's traffic. You know, if you don't leave at the right time, you you you're behind. <laughs> it's stuck in traffic. So um, I'm driving through this area that's you know predominantly white and. The speed limit signs change pretty quickly. So, like, it goes from 25 to 35 to 40. So, I'm driving slow through the 25 because I'm like, okay, even though I'm in a hurry, I know that, like, this is a small, like, little cute little town. There's probably old folks walking around here. They're, you know, lackadaisical doing their thing. And I don't want to be, like, a motherfucking fast and furious driving through there. Also, like, that's breaking the law, right? So I'm driving 25. As soon as, you know, I approach the 35, I see, you know, like, these two cops, like, just kind of, like, like sitting there. I know it's a cop car, right? So I'm like, oh, the cops are there. It's kind of a weird spot for them to be in. So as 35 is approaching the speed limit sign, I start to accelerate. Mm -hmm. I'm probably, I would say, kid you not, like, maybe five, like, 50 or no no like 500 feet from the from the 35 um speed limit sign so i start to accelerate so i'm going i would say i was probably going 27 in between that marker between the 25 uh, miles per hour sign which is like way back there already because i'm seeing the 35 so i'm starting to accelerate tell me why the cops decided to pull me over so they pull me over i'm confused because i'm like Decide. I mean, like, I don't really know why I'm getting pulled over at this point. Right. I'm also, like, anxious because I'm like, I'm definitely going to be delayed to work now. So, like, so um, where I used to work, I had, like, my company's badge hanging from my rearview mirror. And I didn't know that, you know, actually it's, it is illegal. Like, you can't get a ticket from, like, having anything hanging from your rearview mirror. Like, like even, um, what is it, uh, the... Air refresheners. Yeah, because I can see. I think it's like considered a distraction. Yeah, but I didn't know that at the time. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't why they were pulling me over. They said that I was speeding, and I'm like, so you know, they ask you that infamous question. You know, do you know why I pulled you over? You always say you don't know. Always plead the fifth. You never know. You never ever know. Play dumb. Play the dumbest (laughs) you ever been. But also know your rights. Okay, so. Um, so when they, when they asked me, I'm like, you know, no, I say no officer. Um, you know, I, I don't know why you pulled me over today. So they said, you know, you were speeding, you were going too fast through here. And I said, oh, I, I, you know, I saw the sign, you know, said 35. I thought I was going under that. And I started to, you know, accelerate also talking too much one. Um, you know, like you can incriminate yourself by talking too much. So, I, you know, I was saying, stating exactly what I told you, that, like, you know, I started to accelerate as I saw the sign said 35. So he goes, okay, license and registration. And so there's another cop that comes up around the other side um, of my, of the passenger side. So now I'm kind of, like, getting a little nervous because I'm like, why is there a guy, like, you know, popping on a... mm -hmm, Pop, like you know coming around the other side like I'm just like if I'm just allegedly speeding I could have only been going at the time two miles right. an hour over the 25 so I was probably only going 27 at the time where I was accelerating to yeah. a sign that's saying 35 so honestly I'm going under the speed limit right 
So anyway, they go back to the car. You know, obviously they're running my stuff. I'm clean because duh, like I'm freaking. There's nothing on my record. Mm-hmm. I think I did. I was nervous. I did have a parking ticket in my glove compartment. He opened it, but I had already paid it. I just never threw it out. And the the guy that went on my passenger side, like he, because it was a hot day, so I had both of my windows down already. So he he actually reached in my car and 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 opened my glove compartment. Yeah, like 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 well like I when I opened it, I had it open still. He was I should say rummaging through. Like he was opening like the different things that was in my glove compartment already with like his like little baton thing. So wait, you already had your glove compartment? So yeah, excuse me. Yeah, I already had my glove compartment open because you know I had to go in there to get get my life my registration. Yeah, and my um, my car insurance just so like they knew. I always pull that out together. Um, and it's in like a little Ziploc bag. I always keep it like a little Ziploc right on the top. And then I had that pink slip, of like the parking ticket. And he was like kind of rubbish, rummaging through. But like when um, they went back to the truck to check, they obviously, I'm sure they saw that I paid the ticket already. And I also knew I paid the ticket, so I didn't feel that bad. But it just looked, it just looked, I felt like it looked bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so he comes back with my license and he's like, um, Higgins, do you know uh, so-and-so? I guess it was somebody that they were, like, looking for. And I'm like, dude, oh, best part, best part. I forgot to say this. When he saw, when he took my license, he's like, oh, you're from Newark. He's like, what are you doing around here? (laughs) I was like, I'm going to work. And, like, I literally, like, looked over at what I said, stated earlier about my badge hanging Mm -hmm. from my rear it said it in big bold letters the sign of the the company that I was working at, which he couldn't have been like not privy to because it's like where we where I worked was it was on like a business row like it was all like you know like it was all like business uh, companies on this main street. So I'm like, I know you know this company. It's huge, and it's literally right around the corner. Like all I had to do was go to the light at the end of this like little strip street, and then my my company, my the office would have been right on the left. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I know you know this area. You're a freaking cop. I'm sure you patrol this area, so you know that that's a company that literally is right there. I work there, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Like he was such a jerk, and like he was over here profiling me, saying like. Oh, you know, do you know this like person? And I was like, and first of all, if I did he know, questioning he questioned me. Yeah. He, I was like, if I did know this whole, you think I'm gonna tell you I right. knew them? What's wrong with you? You think I'm stupid? <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't know them. But I'm like, if I did, you think my ass gonna tell you? Like right then and right, then. like hell no. To like, I don't know what you about to do next. If I said yes, mm-hmm. so anyway, that was my second time, and like you know, after that. I had to go to work. I had to go about my day like nothing. Traumatized probably a little. Like bit. a little traumatized. Mm-hmm. Low key. I was scared. Yeah. You know, like I was Especially scared. Two, like, why does it take two on one? I've never yeah. understood that. I mean, especially like New Jersey is not an open carry state. So you didn't no. have, of course you probably, I mean, not to say, you know, because people be riding dirty out here, but it's just <laughs> like, my sister does not mm-hmm. look like she can hurt a fly, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just like why 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 you are you ganging up on they was hating okay <laughs> <laughs> like I mean right and so that was my second most like you know memorable moment of like okay I'm a black person <laughs> I'm a black person I can get profiled you know and like growing up mom never mom kind of hid she did 
a lot of like that injust like those injustices yeah. from us until we learned about them briefly. Mm-hmm. Because growing again, growing up, growing up black, I didn't learn about how amazing blackness was as opposed to like, you know, your regulars. The regular people that they're, you know, the like these white institutions are a little more comfortable us hearing learning about. Rosa Parks, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King. And Martin Luther King is their favorite. Oh, yeah. oh no, no. Barack Obama is now. Now. But, like, <laughs> forever and always will be Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King. King. Because he was nonviolent, allegedly. That's what everybody likes to believe. But in really, in reality, he really was. No, he was, he was really trying to shake things up. And that's why they killed his behind before any of that came to fruition. Yep. Because he was starting to, like, really make changes and he was starting to like have the poor people rise up in all of all colors, all creeds, all nationalities. And like they was going to camp out on the grounds of the White House until they were until they were um, until they were housed and until they had employment. And, you know, D.C. wasn't going to let that happen. You know, like the White House was going to let that happen and all their radicals within that. So but anyway, my point is, I think that in order for us to really get to where we're going, it is important to 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 look to our past. Yeah. Trace your roots, get to know to where understand you come our from. past, yeah. Not even that. Once you get to know, once you find out, start practicing, you know, some of the things. I, I mentioned to Jocelyn that um, you know, um we we used to spend our summers in a town called Cross. We still have a house there. You know, mm-hmm. we still have the family house. And I remember back in the day, we used to, you remember, it was like a mini farm. Like, my yeah. grandmother had chickens. She yeah. had cows and pigs and stuff. So, I was just like. And we, we learned that. Like, yeah. You know, like, how to live off the land. That's what I'm saying. We came from a concrete jungle <laughs> in the, like, winter months and during the school year to, like, in the summertime. Y'all going to get y'all farming lesson. Or right. Y'all, so I, I always say, like, I always tell people, like, I, you have the best of both worlds with me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little city slicker, but I'm also a little country, <laughs> country uh, belle or not country, but southern belle. Worlds. Well, no, it's country, actually. No, I don't I, I don't consider myself southern. It's more like country because cross is country. Yeah, and there's sure nothing is. wrong. Let me tell it y'all, sure is. there is nothing wrong with being country. I'm going to say that right now. There is right. nothing wrong with it. And I always, I always felt like it was a... a why did we have a negative connotation or something like why was that negative mm-hmm. and i remember going back um to school in new jersey they were like oh you um y'all country y'all family country and i used to feel a little like ashamed by yeah, it. y'all be picking cotton and it's just like but that was ignorant it was very ignorant and of course you know look the people who said that i forgive y'all even though y'all ain't <laughs> i forgive y'all because now like Look at y'all. Y'all probably have just as much people from the South as we do. Right. But, um, when you trace your roots. Yeah, but like I said, just getting back to that, like I, like I said, I was telling Jocelyn I wanted to get into farming. And mm-hmm. and with that soil and cross, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's farming is very, um, is rich there. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, we need to get back to that. Um, not saying that everybody does, right? I think everyone has their own role in their family. Like maybe pick a person... From the family who's the farmer and pick someone who's the who is the um, education major who knows about the school and pick someone who's a financial analyst. You know, like mm-hmm. I think everyone in the black family should like play their role. Yeah. So we can all come together as, you know, just 
people of just diversity, you mm-hmm. know, and, and just and a diversity in what we learn and what we know. Yeah. So. So homework. Please, please, please talk to, you know, an elder in your family and learn about how you were when you were growing up, because that's just a fun, light part of it. And then also ask them some tough questions like, what was life like when you grew up? Like, was it kind of similar to now? Because what I've been hearing a lot in like interviews and everything is that, you know, a lot of people are saying that history is just kind of repeating itself. You know, like, it's not too far off. It is. It's not too far off with what they dealt with. It's just a little more conservative. You know, racism is more systematic than just outward. You know, it's more of, of, like, even us starting to conform. You know, like, a lot of the things that, you know, me growing up, I didn't worry about. I kind of was, like forced to reckon with as I got older because the the veil was was just moved from my eyes when I got to college that was when I really started to learn about the rich history of our intelligence Mm -hmm. and of our stain and our mark in history in almost every big moment of American quote-unquote history is black history so um homework everyone I think I talked about this briefly last episode I'm not sure if I brought it up but there's this podcast called Black History Year and it's a podcast by I believe Push Black and and I think I said that last episode you can definitely his his full name is actually Jay Walker you can go on uh Apple Podcasts I think he's on wherever you get your podcast um, you know, I think he's on like they're also on uh, Spotify and all that. And it's only like three minutes, sometimes two minutes. And then there are other episodes where they, they have actual um, guests and where they talk about specific moments in, in our history. And I love the name of the podcast it's called Black History Year because, you know, as we're in Black History Month right now, it shouldn't just be a month that we focus on our history. It should be ongoing. It should be 365 days a year. Yeah, it's, a, it's a practice. It's, a, it's who we are. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do we not delve into that more? And we are, our diaspora is so vast. We need to, you know, start to tap into that because I think that all of that trickles down into, you know, even as we grew up, we might have grown up differently as as black people and, and some of us might not even have the same stories or similar stories some of us have grown up a little bit more privileged than others let's be real like I know that I'm privileged to even have the kind of uh you know childhood that I had even though there were many many challenges there were still there were still I, I would be remiss of me to say I didn't have any privileges you know like I was privileged to be able to have a family that I, you know, that loved me and I loved them back and like be able to go to a, a, a home that was so rich in land and literally acres and, you know, like community and love and entrepreneurship and, um, you know, just tenacity, resilience. And then to go back to the north to, you know, like Jersey and experience that kind of lifestyle and to be able to have the best of those both worlds and meshing them to be, you know, to make me who I am as a grown up, you know? So 
I encourage you all to ask your parents, ask your grandparents if they're still living or any of your elders in your family if they're still here. Ask them about their life. You know, ask them about like, you know, how they grew up and the roots and, and, and where your family, if they could trace it back, like how far back could they go? I think that's so important because as these other, you know, communities and cultures like Dominican people, they have DR, you know, Puerto Ricans, they have PR, you know, like, like, you know, Guyanese people, they have Guyana, you know, all, you know, like there is culture rich and they can go back, you know, to those, to that land and kind of learn about it. I think with a lot of black Americans, we're so dispersed that we don't even know where to start. So like, I think it starts with the conversation. It starts with the questions. Who, where do we come from? Like, you know, where, like, where are our roots? Like, where are we, where can we trace back? Like, there's pride in that. And I think that once we start gaining back that self-worth, that pride in who we are and how strong and resilient and intelligent we are, that's going to start to trickle down into the things that we do. You know, like, how we speak to one another and how we come together and make sure that, like, our history is never ever erased okay so i think that's it on 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 the you know growing up black Mm -hmm. so let's get to something a little light a little lighter let's let's go to the just listening portion of the podcast so i don't know if you guys caught it but the intro song is a song that i absolutely loved it was from my recollection, it was my very first song that I ever fell in love with as far as R&B goes, like as a kid. Like growing up, I remember hearing this in the, like in my grandma's old, what was that car she had? That little white car? In the Oldsmobile. Yeah, the Oldsmobile. Like, <laughs> the Oldsmobile used to be on two wheels. That thing used to be <laughs> trucking, okay? My grandmother used to drive the hell out of that thing. Speed racer, okay. yo. Yeah, room, room. Oh my gosh, girl. But anyway, um, I remember hearing this song on the radio, and it's called Blackberry Molasses by Mr. First of all, I have to say this because I keep saying it, and I'm going to keep talking about it every episode or in some way, shape, form until like I meet the friend zone or I'm on the podcast or something. <laughs> because Fran, hey, Fran, hey, literally had posted, she had uh, listed this song. On their um, on their on their portion where they talk about music, um, the music band portion with Asante, and she was saying how this song was in her head, and I was like, "That's crazy!" First of all, I thought we were connected because I'm like, "Yo, that's my favorite that was song on the from same school. frequency, right? On the same frequency, friend. <laughs> Just saying." But anyway, <laughs> um, it's called "Blackberry Molasses" by Mr. and Bobby V. Bobby Valentino himself was in this boy group before he became the Bobby V that we know. That's <laughs> so like can, let's cue that one up That's this is a song that I've just been listening to this week um, it's been it, it's a deep song too it's heavy I'm like dang what was I going through as a kid like for me to resonate with this song Stuff you probably made up in your mind crazy or maybe I didn't maybe it was just generational <laughs> that generational <laughs> trauma girl get out of here alright yeah cue that one up we gonna wait till It does. It's like mad smooth. And you thinking like, you know, you driving through. 
somewhere nice and chill. Like, it's like, you know, a sunny day. You got the top back. She's really reminiscing of But. Not reminiscing. But when you get into the top. Back, One of the things that never changed. You gotta keep pushing on. The sun don't rain all the time. There's gonna be some those like okay y'all need to listen to that one because if you don't know it now you know <laughs> i mean it is a sad kind of sad it is a sad song but it was you know but I it's deep and it those was. boys were right. going through so they were growing through something okay they were growing through it they would grow they were kind of talking about growing up black just saying mm-hmm. okay <laughs> what about you what was what's been a song that's kind of been on your mind on your spirit or even a song from your ch- no actually what's been a song from your childhood uh, you just switched it up on me because i was gonna give you one well okay. give me two give me the song from your childhood first well girl i gotta think about that one all right well i've got another one <laughs> Gosh. I got another one. So listen, loved me some uh, Destiny's Child. Okay, which one? Um, it was it was Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills. Come on now, <laughs> duh. Like I know this is like a throwback Thursday. So anyway, we going throw it back. Let's take you back, back, back into time. <laughs> We all know B. She just wanted to play it because of Beyonce. No. Listen, that was Destiny's Child. That wasn't Beyonce. But everybody knows it was Destiny's Child. Cut it out because the harmonies (laughs) was real. Don't you sleep on all those other girls. Latavia, Latoya, and Kelly. Miss Kelly. I would say that was a... We love Kelly. We do. Love Kelly. I do. I know I do. Kelly, girl, call me. What? um, The woman is happy. (laughs) But yeah, that I guess that was a childhood song to me because um a, another childhood song well really that whole album the writings on the wall Ooh, what album. an album front to so, back how many albums now like are front to back not many not many but I'm gonna tell y'all what I've been listening to now which is my Ooh, girl Miss Erica Badu and it's only because I recently watched her on uh, Breakfast Club I'm really a fan of um, just watching like artists talking interviews mm-hmm. so. But about she was, real stuff. Yeah, y'all go check her out on the Breakfast Club. She was on there recently uh, with Charlamagne God and um, DJ Envy. Mm-hmm. But she was uh, DJ Envy. He says his name the same <laughs> way every time. But she was on there just you know talking some some stuff. You know, I I, I was joking with Joss and I was like, Erica, that's my girl and all. But this interview, she was like one foot in and one foot out. Like she was <laughs> like not here and here at the same time. But <laughs> this was one of my favorite songs from her, and I'm gonna play it. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone knows. And I'm going to explain um, what this all means. Like just beginning. This is like, what's she saying? She's <laughs> ripping. I know. And yeah. like that sounds dope too. It does. She's such a vibe, you know. She is. When she we talk about energy and aura, like just radiating. That's Erica. 
That is. But, That's um, Baduism. <laughs> I like the song because I remember looking, well, number one, the, the video was very racy, and Miss Erica was out there running the street. Oh, yeah, she was walking naked. She was right? walking, she was, like, running, clothes, yeah. right? <laughs> so, break, um, a, break it down. Did you say you was going to explain? Yeah, no, I was going to say the meaning of it, the true meaning of it. So, I'm like, I like the song, it's a bop, but really... The true meaning of it, she explains, um, is just like liberating yourself from mm-hmm. like the layers of what you should be or, and, and, you know, the layers of your skin and whatnot. Like you're just, listen, you're you, be happy for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And this ties into the topic of growing up by black. Um, I'm going to just also share a story, not a story, but just something with y'all that, you know, I kind of mentioned to Jocelyn earlier, but I'm, and I've mentioned it before. And um, like I said, I had a podcast of my own, but we touch on a uh, subject a subject of colorism. Mm-hmm. So this song kind of resonated with me so much because I'm like, yeah, girl, like despite your brown skin, you know, um, you all may check out Miss. I'm just Jocelyn's page, but you know, it's pictures of myself and my mom and also Jocelyn there. Um, I'm the darker skin. One in the family, you know, in the immediate family. I'm the dark skinned sister. I've always been referred to as that. But um, yeah, I kind of went through like a little a bit of a colorism. Now we you talk about like racism, but I went through also colorism as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and like this song, even though it came out in 2010, I was in my 20s, but it was kind of like, okay, Eric, I see you, but it's also like me seeing myself too. Like, girl, be happy in the skin that you in. Liberate yourself from any um, inhibitions that you have or anything that you have about yourself because, girl, you're you and you radiate. So I really like this song. It's it's a good song. It's a and great was, song. That's what I was listening to this week. Ms. I Erica. love that. Miss mm-hmm. Erica Badu, get into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as we talk about music, um, you know, another homework, uh, you know, I guess prompt is to check out or look at uh, different articles around... Gullah, uh, and you spell Gullah G U L L A H. Yeah. So the Gullah people learn more, learn about it because if you do have roots in South Carolina or even in you know Atlanta or like Georgia that area Savannah, more than likely you have some sort of connection to the Gullah or Geechee people. Like you probably have family members mm-hmm. that are, and you might be yourself Gullah or Geechee. Um, and Geechee, you, I believe you spell it is it G E E. C-H-E-E. Yep. So G-E-E-C-H-E-E. That's how you spell Geechee. And I think it's really important that we learn about, you know, how we created an entire language from, you know, from slaves being from different areas. Again, different uh, different islands, different countries coming together to create their own language to be able to communicate to each other. Like, just think about that. That's literally creating a brand new language language how intelligent is that that's us y'all like that is black people and that's just that's part of the diaspora okay you know like and that's just that's just scratching the surface because there's so many again like and we'll talk like later on um i'll have um a a person that identifies as an afro-latina on my podcast and we can talk more about that in that realm because i think that's also important that is a part of our diaspora and a lot of times i think unfortunately um our spanish you know speaking afro-latinas are you know not really put on the forefront 
you know, as much. Like, I think uh, Amara La Negra, I think that's how you say her last. Amara La Negra. Amara La Negra. Listen, I need to learn how to speak Spanish. (laughs) Um, But anyway, you know, she's an out there, like, you know, beautiful Afro-Latina that, you know, I, you know, I most, you know, connect with. Mm -hmm. As opposed to Zoe Saldana. Mm -hmm. Because... Sometimes I mean, sometimes I feel like she's not as close to her blackness. I mean, and that's just me. I'm not saying that she isn't, but I did like her most recent work in um oh my god, what's the name of the freaking show on uh Netflix? Is it show? I thought I thought you was gonna recognize her work for um Avatar. <laughs> no, girl. No, because she ends up marrying a guy that I think he's Italian. Um Oh my god, it's a it's actually a really sweet story and I cried like a baby when I watched it. It's a show. It's a show. It's like a mini series. It's like a mini series on uh Netflix. I, I would okay, it's called From Scratch. Um oh, I would god, say check that out. It it's it's definitely a good one. It, it might be a little triggering for some people. It, it was a tearjerker for me and it was it was, I wouldn't say triggering, but it definitely made me emotional and I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. So check that out. And I mean, again, like, I love her sister in that. It, it kind of, she kind of reminded me of you and Nika. Mm-hmm. My, my other, my eldest sister is, her name is Janika, but we call her Nika. Um, what's up, Nika? What's up, yeah. sister? I know you're going to listen to this. Um, anyway, shout out to you. Uh, but yeah, like, I love their dynamic mm-hmm. and like I think it kind of shows like you know the dynamic of um black sisters mm-hmm. like growing up together and you know um hopefully the next episode I can get my mother on and and we can talk a little bit about it but I appreciate you Joy for coming on Anytime. yet again uh for the second episode the next time I'm charging <clears throat> no you're not <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you gas money. I got you gas money. <laughs> That's fine. Cause gas, child. But anyway, um, that will be our. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I did want to bring this up. Uh, the last uh prompt for homework is I would like for you guys to find a coming of age book and and read it in your own time. Again, I know I'm, I'm suggesting a lot of different books, but it's called. Let me see. I had it on Audible. Um, Give me a second. It's called The Darkest Child by Dolores Phillips. Um, And I'm just, just, you know, basically, I think the name kind of speaks for itself and it kind of sheds light on what you just said, Joy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, colorism has been a thing in our community and it's a shame that I'm even still talking about it. It's ridiculous. I don't almost want to give, you know, like, give it any power. But it's something we gotta, you know, it's something that we do have to help. We have to unpack, and and I will in 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 in, uh, future episodes. But um, I hope you guys enjoy this one. This is the end of the episode. Uh, But definitely check out that book again. It's the Darkest Child by uh, Dolores Phillips, and any kind of coming of age uh, book that is dealing with uh, a person of color. I encourage you to go out there, read, and again, guys, please, 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 uh, their homework is to find out more about who and where you came from, who you are, and your family's roots. All right? Until next time. Later, y'all.